Fellow, and thank you so much for joining me again. It is the Nightly Pleasures Podcast, episode number 20. I am your host, the Grey Knight, and you'll notice I didn't add the second part there about how the stories are mine, because tonight, a little bit of an experiment. The first piece tonight will not actually have been written, just performed by me. It is written by a man named Max Sebastian, and we're actually going to hear a chapter from the middle of one of his books, Heidi Corrupted. If you enjoy it, once again, his name is Max Sebastian, and it was a lot of fun to read somebody else's stuff like this and put it into the podcast. This is, once again, an excerpt from Chapter 10 of the book Heidi Corrupted, and I hope you enjoy. I opened the door, and there she was, looking as she had when I'd left her, stunning, in her black-and-white dress, although perhaps her hair was a touch disheveled. Her coat seemed awfully thin, considering the temperature outside. I said, stepping back to invite her in, Jesus, you must be freezing. The taxi was warm, she said, then smiled. And I think I'm buzzing so much I don't notice. So you enjoyed it then, I asked. You like him? Uh-huh. I led her into the living room, not quite knowing what to do now that she was here. If I possessed her, I could do anything I wanted with her. But it felt strange to me, and I didn't know how she felt about the arrangement after betting her new man. You could have stayed with him, I said, if you wanted. You wanted me to sleep with him, and then come see you, she said, sitting on the couch. But if you liked him... She shook her head. I have his number, if you want me to see him again. You want to see him again? If you want me to. I sighed as I sat in the chair opposite her. I was going to have to get used to this authority stuff. She seemed totally at ease with the idea of me running her life. Or, at least, her dating life. But if I had possessed her, I could enjoy her too. I was curious to see how she would react to that idea. So, you had fun with him? Uh-huh. She held her knees, seemingly pleased with herself for carrying out her instructions. You slept with him. I did. I felt a surge of heat inside me at that. Heidi, my Heidi, had just slept with someone else. He'd been all over her, inside her. Was he good? I asked, feeling the flicker of dark lust inside me, a deep wickedness at asking her such intimate questions. Did he make you come? He was, and he did, she said, sitting there so primly, like this was a job interview for the position of governess to some rich children. I hesitated a moment or two, just taking in the fact that Heidi had been intimate with another man just minutes before. Mulling over the feelings inside me and the strong desire I felt for her, stronger, than ever before. There was something devilish in her now, and it was irresistible to me. I said, Did he bring condoms? She shook her head. But you didn't have any either, 
and you still let him fuck you? She said, he pulled out before he finished. Risky, I said. But I should have made sure you had condoms. How did he finish? In my mouth, over my breasts. I nodded. My cock was so hard inside my pants, throbbing away. How could I feel so differently about this girl after months spent with her when we were both so miserable? I sat back in my chair, legs apart, not concerned if she saw how hard I was for her. Her eyes fell on my lap and couldn't fail to make out what I was stowing there. She tried to hide her response, but didn't entirely manage it. You asked him to leave? I said. I said I had to get up early in the morning and go visit my parents, she said. He was okay about it. And were you okay about it? With having him leave? She nodded, trying hard to keep her eyes on mine. I wanted to come here and see you. My God, I wanted her. But I was torn between my powerful desire and the original purpose of seeing her, to improve her self-confidence, to help set her up in a new relationship with a guy who would be better for her. And yet, she wanted me to possess her. That didn't just mean me being some kind of agony uncle or amateur relationship counselor. She was mine. I said, did he have a big prick? Big enough. It felt good when he was inside you. Very good. I nodded. My decision was coming down in favor of enjoying her, even if it came with risks that she would believe it meant we were back together. What was his name again? As if I would forget. Patrick. Patrick didn't take off your underwear like the other one did? No. She shook her head. Show me. Without a hint of outrage, she parted her legs a little wider, then peeled the hem of her black and white dress up, revealing more of her thighs, and the racy black and white g-string just about covering her pussy. Give them to me, I said, my throat suddenly feeling somewhat dry. She continued to comply with what I told her, lifting her dress further until a narrow band of her stomach was visible across her g-string, before slipping her fingers in its waistband and lifting her hips on the couch so she could peel it down over her thighs, past her knees, her ankles, her feet. Holding them stretched between both hands, she peered at them for a brief moment before folding them and handing them to me. I pressed them to my face, feeling the warm dampness on the satin material, inhaling the thick scent of female arousal, of sex. I lost myself in my desire for her for a moment. When I looked up, Heidi gazed directly back at me, fire in her eyes. I said, Show me what happened. Show me how it went. He said he didn't want any coffee. Only me, she said. So I took him into my room. I rose to my feet 
held up my hands to help Heidi up from the couch, and then led her through to my room. We kissed, and he took my dress off, she said as the door closed behind us. I stepped up to her, put my hands up to cradle her face, and I kissed her. But I wasn't merely mimicking her previous lover. I was enjoying her for myself. I was kissing a woman who had just made love to another man. I could still smell him on her. I could taste something different about her. I could see the faint trace of perspiration on her skin, in her hair. I could see how her lipstick had smeared and she had taken him into her mouth. It seemed like I ought to be disgusted with her or that I should have forced her into the shower at once, but it was such a turn-on, seeing her as this sexual being, ripe, fertile, and taken by another man, used for his pleasure and for hers. Breathing her in, tasting her, my senses firing with the evidence of her sexual encounter. I kissed her, tenderly exploring her mouth with mine, with my lips, my tongue, and my fingers slipped under the straps of her dress, sliding them over her shoulders, then off them, allowing the thing to slip down and with a little assistance fall to the floor. What happened next? I asked her, as though this was the only reason I had been kissing her, to find out what had gone on. She stepped back, sat on the bed, then pulled herself back, her feet up off the floor, without removing her high-heeled shoes. I lay back on the bed, she said, and he just stood there and watched for a while, and I was just kinda touching myself. I watched her sitting there, looking seductively at me, sweeping her hands over her breasts, cupping them, fondling them. She leaned back, moving one leg so that her thighs were parted, her exquisite flower on display for me. She stroked it, tracing its contours with her fingers, as though trying to sell me on it. The first time she'd done it, with Patrick, she would have had her panties on still. As he must have, I paused a while and appreciated the sight of her. There was something not quite right about this. It wasn't the way women would normally behave, particularly when inviting a man into their bedroom for the first time. I expected Heidi to kiss him, fumble with his clothes, pull him back into the bed for some more kissing, some rolling around on the bedsheets, ultimately taking him in her mouth or in her sex. This was altogether more of a performance. Her come-hither eyes, her displayed body, her intimate touching. It made me imagine that Heidi's research had progressed beyond Cosmopolitan or Glamour magazine to the pornography so prevalent and easy to find on the web. I had to pull him over to me, too, she said, scooching forward on the bed, sitting on the edge of the mattress, reaching for me. She put her hands on my chest, feeling out the shape of my pectoral muscles through my thin blue shirt. And then? I asked her. I 
pulled him into bed with me, she said, doing exactly that with me, beaming from ear to ear at the growing sense that she was going to get to replicate what she had done with Patrick, with me. I went with her onto the bed, crawling over her as she lay back, propping up one arm, pulling me by the shirt with the other. Then he was kissing me, she said, all over. I kissed her sweet lips again, briefly, but then moved down the soft skin of her neck, breathing her perfume, her underlying personal smell, and the subtle scent of her lover. I kissed my way down her chest, bringing one hand up to cup under her breasts through her bra as I kissed my way over it, Heidi tilting her head back and moaning. He kissed you down here? I asked. Uh-huh, she moaned. I slipped down her bra, revealing her sweet little breasts, those pink nipples so stiff. I kissed her there, flicking my tongue around her little buds, taking them into my mouth to suck on them hungrily. And he kissed you here? Uh-huh. Off came her bra entirely, and now she lay back on the bed, and now I kissed my way down the soft, pale flesh of her stomach, tasting the slight saltiness on her skin, breathing in the strange scent of another man, as well as Heidi's own. And down here? I asked. Oh, yes. I kissed and licked my way gently over her mound, past that little patch of dark hair left behind during her waxing session, and then I was personally experiencing the smoothness of her skin around her pussy, marveling up close how she looked. The strong smell of sex made me feel a little lightheaded, seriously aroused. I stroked her pussy gently with the back of my fingers, feeling her wetness, her stickiness, wondering at the redness of her pussy lips, the state of her sex after taking another man inside it. He kissed you like this, I said, and nudged my tongue against her groove, tasting her tangy juices, sucking on her lips. Huh. Yes. Ah, uh, please, she moaned. She just lay back, arms folded behind her head, trying to look down at what I was doing, but ultimately having to tilt her head back, close her eyes, and deal with the blissful feeling surging through her. I appreciate the view of her money, her flat stomach, and the small but beautiful mounds of her breasts, her hard nipples, her chest rising and falling with her deep breathing and her moaning, and the way her facial expressions responded to the pleasure I was giving her. I feasted on her like I'd never done before, adoring her flavor, tickled by the curious thought that she'd only just fucked someone else. Lapping at her juices, sucking her lips into my mouth, swirling my tongue through her slippery groove, she raised her hips up as though to press herself more firmly against my mouth. I'm not even sure how long I went down on her. It was an age. I took my time and enjoyed every moment. Then she was crying out and laughing 
shaking a little, her toes curling as she came, and I noticed a good deal more wetness for me to lap up as her orgasm struck. Her broad smile, her giggling, made me smile as well. He kissed you like that? I asked. Not quite like that, she said, breathless, still smiling ear to ear. He made you come like that. No. Just you. So what happened next? Oh, wait, I got it wrong, she said, the unreliable narrator. Before all that happened, before he went down on me, I went down on him. She seemed proud of herself, pleased that her latest attempt at oral sex had not ended things. Show me. He pulled off my panties and my shoes, she said, raising her knees up underneath her chin so she could reach her shoes and pull them off. Then I had him lie on the bed. She urged me down, now, onto my back, and straddled me. She opened my shirt, sweeping her hands over my exposed chest, kissing her way down, until she was in position to unfasten my belt and my pants. She didn't need to pull my pants far down my thigh to release my hard cock. It sprang free before being surrounded by her fingers. Heidi looked elated at how hard I was for her. She licked my shaft and slipped the tip of my cock in her mouth, gazing up at me while she sucked on me, showing me once again how incredible she could be with a little simple guidance to improve her method. You sucked on him like this? I asked her. Uh-huh. He must have really enjoyed it. Uh-huh. And you enjoyed it. Not as much as this, she said, swirling her tongue around my tip, ecstatic at being allowed to play with my manhood, it seemed. I stroked her hair, but otherwise let her do as she pleased, moving off me before attempting to pull my pants and underwear off down my legs. I had to help her take them off, but then she was straddling me again and reaching to pull off my shirt, my hard cock, gently brushing against her soft skin. This is how it was? I asked her, my hands gliding over her thighs, her hips, her stomach, her back, reveling in the softness of her skin. Yes, she said, lifting herself up slightly before reaching behind her to take hold of my cock. She lined up my hardness, touching my tip to the slick heat of her pussy, then sank down slightly, easing my tip inside her. She was so tight, it took her a few moments to take my length inside her, easing it in, coating it in her juices. Has she been this tight when we were dating? I suppose it had been a while since we'd had sex. She held her breath as I filled her, her eyes widening, her mouth opening. It was like this with him? I asked her. She flicked her long, dark hair behind and over her shoulder and began to move her hips, rocking gently over my hardness. This is better, she said. You're bigger. It feels better. I placed my hands on the pleasing roundness of her behind and helped to guide her motion on me. After a while, she sat up, 
tossing her hair back over her shoulder again, riding me harder, my hands moving to cover her breasts. I looked at her beaming smile and couldn't help but smile in return. This was clearly her reward for doing whatever I asked of her, but at the same time, being able to appreciate her immediately after her liaison with another man was my twisted reward for helping her with her confidence and get her back on the dating ladder. But was she really dating me again? Or was this simply a friends with benefits arrangement? I wasn't sure I cared in the moment as she rode me like a stallion and quite clearly came again as she did so. Had she been this easy to orgasm before? I couldn't remember. He made you come like this? I asked her. Yes, she said breathless. But I was imagining telling you about it, about how he was fucking me. You were imagining how I might want you to show me. I gave her a wry grin. Something like that. And then, she rolled off me, onto her back, saying, He tried going on top, as I did likewise, only she said, But he didn't last long. He pulled out, right? Uh-huh. He told me that he was close, so I stopped him, she said. I knelt on the floor, and he sat on the bed, and I was sucking on him again, Show me. I moved to the edge of the bed, and Heidi jumped off the bed herself to take a position between my knees on the floor. She took hold of my shaft in her hand and began pumping it again before slipping the tip into her mouth. I could have lasted longer, but I wanted it to be the way it had been with Patrick. I reveled in the sight of her doing this, kneeling, naked, waiting for a stranger to come in her mouth. And he came just like this? I asked, breathless myself. Uh-huh. I let fly, and my orgasm was a strong one. I groaned as I felt the hot cum welling up, jetting into her mouth. Heidi looked elated as it pumped into her, moaning as she swallowed, almost purring. She didn't quite contain it all, some escaping to drip down her chin, onto her breasts, her stomach. I wasn't going to criticize her. It was a hot sight to behold. She cleaned me, gently, swirling her tongue around my tip, sucking a little as though to make sure she wasn't missing out on anything. That was incredible, I said. Patrick must have enjoyed it. She smiled. I think so. You want to see him again? She shrugged. I could. Or you could find me someone else. One last time, that was Heidi Corrupted, and that's by author Max Sebastian. You can find more of his work and more information about him if you're interested at maxsebastian.com. All one word, no hyphens or anything in between. That was a lot of fun, right? I really enjoyed reading that. 
It's always great to see another male perspective in uh, erotica, in smut. (laughs) Up next, a shorter piece maybe to balance out the gender power since uh, it was possession of a man over a woman before. Maybe possession of a woman over a man now. I bring you my original piece, Tide and Ride. Hey, baby. Oh. Oh, is that how it's going to be tonight, huh? All right, all right. I think it's been a while. You've, uh, you've definitely earned this. Oh, you're right, you're right. My apologies. Let me, uh, begin the character. Of course you've earned this, mistress. Hmm, yeah, that's what you like to hear, isn't it? Oh, yeah, my hands. There you go. First my left arm, and then my right. Crossed over each other like a little X. Oh, my. You're not going to use the handcuffs tonight, huh? Are you sure such a dainty little fabric could hold me? I mean, after all, I am such a big, bad brute that I... Hey. That's, uh... That's a little snug. Baby. Baby, I mean it. That's a little... No, mistress. I'm lucky to have it. Oh, the way you rake your nails up and down my skin. It's pretty fucking hot. You like that, huh? Fucking me up like your property? Uh, marking me like a fucking assignment? Mmm. Mmm, I like it too. Just don't tell anybody. <laughs> oh, of course I'll lie down on the bed for you, baby. <sighs> Sorry, mistress. Anything you want. <laughs> oh. spreading my legs apart. God damn that look in your eyes, mistress. It is exactly what I think about when I'm out of town over a fucking hotel sink jerking off for you. Mm. That's right. Pinch my skin. Fucking dig your nails into my thighs. I love the way it hurts more when you puncture muscle. Mm. Mm. Yeah, twist my nipples. That's what they're there for, mistress. They don't serve any other purpose at all. Just to make you happy. That's what they're there for. That's what they're there for. Just 
to make my mistress happy. That's right. It's all for you. Every last part of me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, mistress. I couldn't help getting erect. I'm just so fucking hot for you. Uh, I didn't expect this at all. I never see it coming with you. You're so sweet. You're so giving. And then all of a sudden, you just demand that I'm yours. And it just makes me very, very, very hot for you. Mm, Please. Uh, Please touch my cock. Oh, don't torture me. No, don't torture me. Don't. Don't. Uh, Just feeling the outside of your pussy lips sliding up and down my shaft. Oh, it's not enough. Mm-hmm. Mm. Come on. Please, mistress, just give me a little bit more. Just, just let me feel the littlest bit inside you. Come on, please. Oh, you look so fucking sexy when you spread your legs like that. I am a lucky, lucky man, and I know it. Oh, I'm a lucky, lucky servant. I'm a lucky, lucky servant. There, come on. Come on, please. Please. Yes. Oh, oh. Fuck. Oh. The way you move down my cock. Mm. Oh. oh, you feel so damn good. Do you feel it? How hot I am for you? How hard? How much I need this? Oh, you. You own this. You own this cock. It's yours and nobody else's. I promise, I promise I'll ask permission to get hard next time for you. I know I can get punished if I don't. Oh, you look so fucking sexy when you ride me. I love watching your tits bounce. I love watching your eyes narrow. I love watching your entire body shake.
Oh. Oh, just like that. Oh. Just like that. Mm. 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 You know exactly what I want, what I need, and that's you. Mm. Mm. Uh. I'm sorry, I can't hold back. I can't hold back. Ah. It's just my wrists really hurt. I must have been straining at the tie. Thank you. Mm. Mm, no, no, no. It's fine. Just getting the tie off, I think, will help a lot. Let the air breathe. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty sensitive. It's like, uh, it's like rug burn. Oh, except it's silk tie burn. Ooh. Mm. Oh, yeah? You want to kiss and make him better, huh? Oh. Well, I'm all for it. There you go. Arms out, hands open for the second time today. Ready to take whatever you will give me. <laughs> hopefully you enjoyed that piece as well. I know I had a lot of fun making it. So, two pieces for the price of zero, because the podcast is free. Don't I treat you so well? Uh, let's get right on into it with question time. First up, we have a series of questions from Rosa Minks. Hey Jack, hope your week's been well. Oh, you know. Um, you've mentioned before that you travel quite a bit so first my first question is how many continents on the planet barring your native North America mind you have you been to uh I haven't been to Antarctica or South America so uh, I'm gonna get in trouble for this but that means that four because Europe's not a continent that's right I said it (laughs) but if Europe's a continent in your calculation I've been to five so, there you go. Uh, I look forward to all the hate mail. I'm going to get on that one, but I'm going to stand firm that Europe is a region, not a continent, and lose subscribers by the tens. All right, up next, question number two. Out of curiosity, what is your opinion on camgirling? Not just the concept, <laughs> but the girls who do it. 
I'm actually friends with a girl who cams. Um, and I find it easier to talk to her after a difficult day than friends who are not cam girls. Because we are both in the semi-sex worker industry, as I call it. And therefore, I can feel like I can vent things to her that other people simply don't get. Um, I, I, I'm asked rather consistently, what's it like having all this attention? Uh, women, women sometimes throwing themselves at you. And the answer is sometimes it's exhausting. Like, it sounds great. I understand that. But sometimes it's exhausting. And so I have a cam girlfriend who I can just go, oh, the, sometimes these fans, and she just immediately goes, I know. And um, here's the one difference, though. I'm a guy. I'm a guy. And therefore, sexual uh, objectivity, what have you, sexual identity, it's not really associated with who I am as a person. So she gets called all kinds of names and what have you. I just have to... I just have to in, endure all your love and affection. So um, it's definitely easier for a dude. Do I, do I judge uh, a sex worker at all for sex work? No. Honestly. No. Not giving you the answer that you want to hear. It's the truth. Um, there is absolutely, in my opinion, nothing wrong with it. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't be doing it. I, I, I obviously enjoy it very much. Hopefully that comes through. Next question, Rosa number three. What? Was sex ed like when you were in high school? <laughs> was it as useless as it is today? Or was it perhaps a more informative? Um, it, was pretty, it was pretty informative. They did say a number of times, always wear a raincoat, always wear a condom. They did, they did hit that rather consistently. The one story that I can remember from 6th or 7th grade sex ed was somebody we had a we had a question in a hat anonymous question in a hat thing and somebody wrote like when i'm inside a girl sometimes it feels like i have to pee what is that feeling and the teacher's face i still remember like oh my god somebody in this class is actually having sex and was just aghast i didn't know that's why they were aghast at the time but that's the that's the <laughs> That's, they're not, the teacher was not equipped to deal with it. I think he was literally like a PE coach. Not my PE coach, but one of them. Woof. All right, so last question, question number four from Rosamix. Lastly, I wanted to know if um, you were into burlesque. I found myself getting interested in burlesque about um, two or three years ago, and was hoping one day to maybe get into performing it and all that. So I was just wondering if you've ever seen a burlesque show or or if any of your girlfriends were into burlesque <laughs> or, you know, anything like that. My girlfriends are into crocheting and, and being cold, uh, historically speaking. The idea that any of them were burlesque dancers is pretty... <laughs> It's pretty great. Thank you for all the questions, Rosa. Um, <laughs> no, I've never seen a burlesque show. I am not one for what is called spectacle myself. Um, spectacle, the theater term. 
And therefore, stuff like Rocky Horror Picture Show burlesque, I'm like, yeah, 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 but, like, can we get back to the Ibsen of it all? Um, uh, I understand that burlesque is not theater, technically, but you go to a theater to watch burlesque, so... Uh, I'll tell you this, I'd rather watch Hamilton, because I'm so curious to see Hamilton. I've tried to keep myself in a very pure state for it, uh, knowing how much I'm going to enjoy it ahead of time, being the nerd and wonk that I am. Uh, I'd much rather see that than, like, three or four burlesque shows. Or, uh, but I will say one small thing. I have encouraged two women I've seen in the past to do stripper size. Not because I find strippers to be all that uh, particularly enticing, because I don't, but because something about knowing that you can move like that, I feel like makes a woman feel very confident. And of course, confidence is very, very sexy. Uh, and then I'm also, I've never, I've never met a stripper who had poor core strength. No, not once. Have you? I don't think so. You got to work them abs if you're going to take them clothes off. Thank you again for all the questions. Rosa, we have one question here from Olivia. Maybe. So. Hello. Hey. Hi. Here's my question. Okay. Recently, I was in a bookstore. Long story short, I kind of came across a favorite series of mine from when I was a kid. Um, made me smile a whole lot and just brought back a whole lot of memories about um, reading the series of books and even like writing my own take on some <laughs> of the series of books based upon a character. So it got me to thinking, and I thought I would ask you, what is a favorite book of yours from childhood or a favorite series that you would still even read today as an adult or when you come across it or see it, it kind of just uh, puts a big smile on your face? Oh, thank you so much, Olivia, for both the question and admitting that you're a huge nerd who wrote fanfic. Oh, she's a nerd, everybody. Point and laugh, point and laugh. Um, I've mentioned before the Wizard of Earthsea series, especially book number two. I don't know how to say the word, so I'm just going to take a stab at it. The Tombs of Atuan. Um, it's just, it's just stuck. And I have, I, the, the plot structure of that book is just stuck in my mind. And I can see it. I can see the curve of the plot arc. Um, it's just so much. I just read it. <clears throat> I remember being so disappointed because mild, mild spoilers it does pick up where the first book does not drop off. First book stops, second book starts. It's not in the same place or following the same character's perspective. I'm like, huh, huh, huh? And then it just got so good so quickly. Um, others that I could probably read again and really enjoy, A Wrinkle in Time, which as far as I can tell is my golden compass. Golden compass became very popular, I guess, after I read uh, Wrinkle in Time. But that's my that's my big odyssey. I used to read a lot of Greek myths, um, and it was great because it was Russian roulette with this book, this this big big book that I had, and some of them were really watered down Greek myths. So the sex and violence was really tapered down, like Jason and the Argonauts. Uh, Jason hardly lost any Argonauts, <laughs> like hardly any Argonauts died. But then uh, the uh, Theseus and the Minotaur one. Oh my god, it ends with suicide. It ends with Theseus becoming a monster akin to the Minotaur. Not he doesn't physically become one, but because like his his fiance dies and his father dies and nobody respects him anymore. He's isolated on his throne. So he sits on a throne in an empty kingdom. And I read that at like eight or nine going, What? 
so that one had suicide, uh, rape, frankly. I mean, Zeus was not asking for consent uh, and all that. But then we can't let the skeletons kill Argonauts. That would be crazy. Uh, thank you again, Olivia, Olivia, for the question. Up next, possibly, we have Touch of Crass. Hi, Jack. Hello. I've got two questions for you. I'm going to stop that. I pressed the wrong button. That's my bad. We'll say hello to her in a second. This is Touch of Crass. A few questions for you Hi. about your process. Hello. Okay. As far as from beginning concept to end product, what would you say your normal timeline is, your average timeline? Or is it not quite so linear? You don't go from idea to writing to editing to recording. Do you like maybe brainstorm ideas and maybe outline and come back to them? Or, you know, are, are you kind of like all over the place? Um, all right. I'm assuming that's the end of question one. So, um, for the podcast pieces, you know, there's a one-week timeline, right? So you – and it's not like I have the idea on Friday, generally speaking. So it's pretty quick. Uh, for a longer piece, though, I'll give you an example of something that, that kind of took its own winding path, and that is Telepath, the recent podcast episode, where the idea was I get to talk to you while giving you head. And that was the whole appeal of that to me was that I get to narrate what I'm thinking and feeling while, while eating you out. And I thought, oh, that's a really fun idea. I like this idea. So I uh, sketched up what I thought that would look like pretty quickly there. I didn't have it done in time for the next podcast episode. So let's say about 10 days from beginning to end. Do I come back and brainstorm after I've come up with an idea? No. Um, I've mentioned before, I think creatives are overwhelmed by ideas. We have too many ideas, and if I can't make one work, I throw it into a big old box of unused ideas, and then occasionally I'll go and, and I'll peruse that, but very rarely. For instance, I have not done it uh, since starting The Grey Knight. I have not gone back to my broken idea box because the ideas are never uh, needed. The idea is, I, uh, I love taking requests, don't get me wrong, and I love doing requests, and I love doing the coupons for uh, patrons, but I, uh, I think creatives, by and large, we have more ideas than we know what to deal with. We're like lonely ladies with cats. Oh, it's a quick joke, but it's a good one. Let's continue on with Touch Grass. Are there certain subjects, certain scenarios that come easier to you <laughs> when you're writing? Um, and along those lines, I'm assuming that's the end of question two. Yes, of course. Domination, uh, getting head, uh, giving head, um, stuff that I have much more experience with being a daddy to uh, a little girl archetype. Uh, these are all much easier than vampires who hypnotize you, but it's not quite non-consent for some reason in the audience's perspective. Still mind boggling on that one. Um, and then also there's something electrifying about being tethered to this small thing. Uh, and I did not know this before the gray night because writers have a universe and then they start scaling down, uh, with the single channel information of audio, it's kind of in reverse. So, uh, I did not know this until I did the audio piece table 
where I was like, what if I just did an audio about fucking some girl at the table? And then being tethered to that. We can't go anywhere else with it. We're not going to go uh, any other direction. We have to keep the action here. Like the camera cannot move. And then there's something electrifying about that that's really cool where you where I really get to flex muscles I ordinarily wouldn't because generally speaking, my imagination can get me out of a lot of crap. <laughs> Continuing on with Touch of Grass. How long do you give yourself to write something until you entirely scrap it, say, this is shit, it's not working out, done? A uh, couple off-topic. Okay, uh, never. Never, never, never. Still working on an idea I've come up with and completed twice when I was either 21 or 22, uh, and it's a little too silly subject matter for here. It's definitely not erotic. And uh, it's just never been right, right enough to release to the world... And I, I never give up on an idea. If I love it, if I love it and it's good, I'll, I'll, I'll shelve it, but I'll keep coming back. Questions for you? Okay. Um, any, I, any interest in the new Captain America movie? <laughs> and boo. Okay. Uh, wow, she's really rapid firing. Yes, I do want to see the new one. I think the Rousseau brothers, I hope that's how you pronounce it, are very, very, very good. Of course, uh, I, I'm a lover of the TV show community. And that's where they they that's where I fell in love with them. And then I also think that the elevator scene in the second Captain America, while I think that movie has a lot of problems, is just amazing. And uh, I will say that somebody at work today said that the reviews are looking really good for Civil War. So I'm super into it. Booze. Beer, wine, liquor, <laughs> not at all. Booze, beer, liquor, not a sommelier myself, but always beer. Always beer. If you see me and you somehow recognize me, buy me a beer. And what kind do you prefer? <laughs> uh... Wow, lots of questions. Uh, my favorite beer is uh, Sessions Lager from Full Sail Brewery. Uh, thanks, Jack. As always, you are awesome, and I hope you have a good day. Thank you for... a billion questions all sneaky in there at the last second okay up next we have avery hi jack Hello. it's ave hi. or pinky or typography tits i don't care what you call me just give me a name or whatever my question is one that you may not have pondered that much before uh -oh. but because this is my major this is kind of what i'm interested in okay have you ever been so drawn to something and i'm not talking about women that you like so much you simply purchased it because of how aesthetically pleasing it was so like i mean you could be watching a pizza commercial and go like fuck look at the cheese on that and go and get it immediately not that i did that two weeks ago have you ever noticed just something so aesthetically pleasing that you impulsively bought it like i think that's so fun to examine um but that's just my ridiculous question and keep on keeping thank you I'm going to break some hearts here. The answer is yes. I was totally captivated by something, but it's very unique. It's a one-of-a-kind painting, and I'm not going to upload a picture because it's mine. Not that I painted it, but, like, it's my painting. And I saw it, and I just stopped. I stopped moving. And I had to have it, and I have it, and it was framed, and it's lovely, and I love it. But I understand I'm breaking some hearts by not showing it to you today, maybe one day. It's just... <clears throat> it could 100% be used to identify me. So 
I'm a little nervous about showing it. Up next, we have Scullery of the Winch. Winch of the Scullery. One of the two. Hi, Jack. Hello. Um, Spotify is amazing. I am so impressed. It's a really neat interface to use once it's downloaded, and I found it... Uh, I found it quite easy. It's not the sort of thing I normally would listen to, but I'm so excited that I got exposed to it by your work. So thanks so much for doing all you did to get your work up on there. And um, I'll play around, and I think I'll enjoy it. So thanks so much. You're welcome. Um, I had three questions for you. Okay. Um, Let's do this. They're pretty straightforward. We'll see. Uh, The first one regarding Spotify, my understanding is that it's a service that you can sign up to, or you can listen to um, commercials and have it as a free service. But as an artist with uploaded stuff, is it the same to you from your end? Like if you get compensation for plays, is it the same regardless of whether the people listening are signed up members or not? Um, little too early for me to tell. I've, I've mentioned briefly, I'm not going to get too much into the business of it, but... Uh, every play on Spotify helps. I just don't know how much, and I will have that data in approximately a hundred days from now. Uh, there's a ninety-day delay in the reporting on Spotify, so that's why I can't give you an answer. I do know that every play on Spotify helps, and uh, I am working like mad to get everything up on there. I promise. I started submitting it uh, two weeks ago, almost, um, and and lost some sleep to do it. And next part of the question from Winch. And then secondly, um, a question, mm-hmm. uh, uh, moral or otherwise, <laughs> um, is there any obligation to help your friends move? And if so, what is it based on? And- I mean, I've always helped. I don't know if there's a moral imperative to help, but I have always helped I think probably because I'm a big dumb brute that it's one of the few cases that I'm useful that, you know, that some friend will, will finish the boxes and be all sweaty and tired and everything else. And they'll be all like, God, I wish there was a six foot three cave troll that could just lift things real easy. Like it's his job or something and could help. And then, and then another one of their friends will go, Hawk, for I hear something in the distance. Bring me my summoning horn. And then I'll wake up from my from my sleep, my thousand year sleep, my six hour sleep, and then I'll shamble in, uh, causing great deal of damage to the drywall. But I know how to fix drywall, so it's okay. And I'll start just loading boxes, and they'll be all like, "Oh my god, thank you so much!" It's so. But then I'll be pleasant once it's done, and they fed me because I've always been fed, which is <laughs> I've always been fed when I've helped somebody move, which is what a dog gets for not doing anything. So it's sub dog uh, Pavlovian training when you think about it. And thirdly, are you someone who, when it comes to the physical text of a book are you someone who has reverence for it and puts it on a pedestal or do you like kind of dom it all up and uh uh, write on it whatever you want and break that that spine um kind of make it your bitch just curious um sounds like things are are moving forward for you and that's really exciting so as always 
All the best and take care. Oh, thank you for being so sweet at the end. No reverence for a physical book whatsoever. Uh, when I give a book, I never expect it to come back in pristine condition. Uh, I'm, I'm giggling a little bit because Breaking the Spine is a screenwriter's, which I'm struggling to be, uh, a term for figuring out a story, for having figured out what the story is, which may sound <laughs> like, shouldn't you do that before you start writing the screenplay? Yes, but it's just not that simple. Uh, otherwise, we'd all be saving cats left and right, and there would never be uh, Batman versus Superman, Rise of Justice. Oh, Snyder Snap! You thought I was done after last week's rant. Uh-uh. I've always got another Snyder Snap in me, baby. You know I do. Uh, <laughs> thank you for all those questions. And now the woman I jumped the gun on. It's Girl in Training. Hi, Jack. Hello. I've got two questions for you. Okay. If you could pick any one substance to be licked off of you, <laughs> what would it be? Oh, it's being licked off me, so it can't be money, because then I wouldn't get it back. Okay, uh, you know, let's just go with real light, real light whipped cream. Real light, so you get it all. Because if you haven't noticed, I want you to get it all if it's on me. Get it off me, get it off me. <laughs> and are there any movies coming out in 2016 that you are looking forward to? I just saw an amazing movie called The Invitation. It's a little indie flick. It's great. Uh, <clears throat> inherent conflict, no spoilers. A man is invited to a party that his ex-wife is throwing a few years after they have both suffered a tragedy. Inherent conflict, right? Because either it's wrong of her to send the invitation or it's wrong of him to accept it, and then it goes wonderful places from there. So that... I'm looking forward to a movie I don't know much about it, but apparently a really interesting horror movie that has a premise that I'm like, yeah, I'm super into it. Green Room, knock on wood. Captain America, talked about that. The Witch, really looking forward to that. Um, yeah, I'm not a blockbuster guy. If a blockbuster is good, of course I'll go and see it and enjoy it very, very much. But you can't win me over with, as I mentioned before, spectacle. You can't do special effects and have me go, yeah, sure. You gotta earn me. You gotta, you gotta show some conflict. You gotta show me that the third act isn't gonna be a wasteland, which it so often is. All right, we have a question now from Allison. Hi, Jack. Hello. Allison here. We're gonna I turn was her up going to give you a break from my inane questions this week, but you asked for more questions, so hello. Hi. Okay, I've got four questions for you, so strap yourself in and brace yourself. Let's do it. First question. What is your favourite erotic audio type to record? So you can either categorise it, you know, the BDSM, instructional, soft and sweet, daddy little girl, or if you wanted to be more vague, you can, you know, whether you prefer the director audience or more story-focused ones. Uh, so that's question one. My favorite type are orations, because I've already done all the hard work. <laughs> ah, snarky answer. Second question from Allison. Question two. What is the most balls-out, insane thing that Mrs. Kitty has ever done? Cats are nuts, and so are mine. So I'm sure you've got a funny tale to tell with that one. 
funny tale. I get it. Um, the, it's it's not it's not balls out insane, but it is for an erotic podcast. Thank you so much for this. Uh, the perfect answer. She runs towards me when she wants to throw up. She throws up about once every six to eight weeks. Uh, don't worry, she's fine. And she runs to me and throws up on my foot. And I remember a vet went, oh, that means she trusts and loves you. And I'm like, oh, will you take her then? Because this is wrong. All right, question number three. Question three. This is deadly serious. Uh-oh. Okay, you Here ready? It comes. Here it comes. Have you ever tried Vegemite? No. I know kind of what it is, thanks to uh, a song. But no, I've never tried it. I would. What the hell? Question four. Uh, last week you got a question about tattoos, and mm. uh, thank you for your honest answer about that. And why not tell us what your thoughts are about piercings instead this week? So do you have any, or uh, do you want any? <laughs> do you like them? Do you think they're hot? All that kind of stuff. I'm sorry, I'm rambling. I've had a fever for four days, so my Aww. brain is shutting down very quickly. Uh, so thank you again for everything you do, and uh, I'm sure you will hear from me next week. As well. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Maybe the fever kills you. Don't let the fever kill you. You're wonderful. Uh, <clears throat> piercings. Uh, I like them on a woman. I don't have any myself, and I'm totally okay with getting one, but I'm not going to go out of the way. Right, like I've I I mentioned how things are financially getting much more stable now, but like the idea of paying somebody to put another hole in me, I'm like, hmm, ah, that doesn't seem very fruitful. Question now from Katie. Hey Jack. Hello. Katie here. Hi. I have a couple questions. Okay. Um, first one being, what is one place you always wanted to travel to that you've yet to see? And why would you pick that place? I can't, I feel like this one gets asked like every other week. Uh, have I not said that I want to see the Hagia Sophia in Istanbul? The Hagia Sophia, the House of Wisdom? Because I very much want to see it. Um, I'm sure it's utterly beautiful. And now I, I, I've changed my mind and I kind of want to see a paradise once before I die. Uh, so I want to see a Costa Rica, you know? I want to see a of paradise at least once before I shuffle. Question number two. Did you have any pets as a child? <laughs> I Is Katie new to the podcast? Uh, yes, Katie. In fact, I had dogs and cats and everything else because I grew up on a ranch. Uh, so I had too many pets. Literally cannot even remember all of their names, which sometimes is very sad because you'll think... Oh, what was the name of that one cute little dog? Not that one, but the other one. And then even family members will be like, oh, yeah, what was that one's name? Because we had too many pets. We just went, dogs! And all the dogs would come. And if so, what pets were they? Number three. Um, what, what, what would you say was your least favorite subject in school? Staying on this subject. Uh, I'm going to stop there least favorite subject would probably be anything with homework. Am I right? Uh, ironically, probably all the science disciplines. Probably. Because they actually, I couldn't finesse my way out of them. So, 
they always required actual work at the end of the day, whereas math and, and whatnot, surprisingly finessey. Of school, what type of student were you? Like, were you a class clown, teacher's pet? I was a very quiet boy. Like, what was your clique, for lack of a better word? Didn't have one, went to drama, was very quiet. <laughs> Question number... I have no clue, because I've actually lost count. Um, <laughs> what was the first video game, video game that you remember playing? That I remember playing probably be Dragon Quest, Dragon Warrior 1 for the NES. That I remember, that I have a real memory about would be Kid Icarus. And that I remembered like, oh, this is it. Like, this is, this is amazing, would be the first Final Fantasy. Like, um, vividly. Next question. Um, do you have a favorite season slash time of the year? Do not. I'm wherever you go, there you are. So uh, you just you just get through the day is what I find. Um, <clears throat> I do have a hankering for checks mix, so Christmas needs to come. And last question, something I've always been curious about, with your um, oral related audios, what do you use to create such um, hmm, juicy? Noises? I kind of just picture you, like, basically eating a peach or something. I don't know. It's just something I've always wondered. Thanks again for all the hard work that you do for us, and I hope you have a... Thank you very much for the questions, Katie. Uh, what do I use for the oral, for the giving oral, I'm assuming? Uh, <laughs> audios? <clears throat> well... I'm going to actually have to call that one a state secret because as soon as you know what makes a sound effect, it stops being so appealing. And all right, we have the final questions coming from Dreaming of You. Hi, this Hello. is Dreaming of You 93. Hi. And my question for you is what inspires you to do what you do? Basically, what makes you want to write and record? And... There we go. That's my question. Well, thank you very much. I love the little nervous laugh at the end there. Uh, I've mentioned before that writing is just who I am and what I do, and I can't seem to stop. It's just, um, it's just a part of me. Um, I think I've mentioned before that the boyfriend experiences come from a place where I realize that women are rather cons constantly attacked um, for being anything other than this small little circle of this is what it's okay to be a woman. This is what we have dubbed correct feminine. And how I wanted to bolster and give strength to all the women out there who didn't have a male voice in their life and wanted to hear one saying, you're fine, you're good. Do what you do, be you. And, uh, yeah, that's where that comes from. As opposed to the erotic stuff, I started writing erotica as the Grey Knight to get through a very difficult time in my life. And now I write it because it's a lot of fun, and I get to talk to people like you and get them to 
essentially call into a radio show and then laugh nervously at the end. And I think that that's wonderful. And I think that that should also do it for questions because, boy, did we... <clears throat> Boy, did we break the bank, the time bank, a little bit on this one. So, thank you so much for listening, for all the people who asked questions. I hope you enjoyed the two pieces today. Once again, the first one was written by Max Sebastian. That is Heidi Unbound. You can find that uh, on his website, maxsebastian.com, or just search him on Amazon or anything else if you are curious as to that piece. It was a lot of fun to read. Uh, it was a lot of fun to do a rhyme scheme title. Uh, those are my favorite, and of course, I did do that one because so many people requested more mail submission. So it was a quickie, but hopefully it was a goodie for you as well. You can find all of my work if you are interested in seeing more simply by going to great... <laughs> oh my goodness. <clears throat> I got so close to the end of this without a coughing fit. Oh, man, I'm getting so much better. My apologies. Uh, you can find me on www.tumblr. Oh, no, www.graynighterotica.tumblr.com. It's a blog. You'll have even more questions answered if you went through 35 minutes of them and was like, you know what? That's not enough. I need to hear more. Well, there you go. You can also find my works for sale on Audible. Again, that's just The Gray Knight with spaces in between. Uh, iTunes as well, and everything else. Thank you again for joining us. I hope you will go ahead and uh, join us again next week. Have a wonderful weekend ahead of you.